Welcome back, bitches. You're back with the Verde to Vibe. Today, I'm with another very special guest. If you look in the air, you'll see a bell. I'm here with T. Bell. I don't know how to describe him. Creative director, model, skills trainer. He's a man of many hats. And today, we're going to talk about some shit. But first, let's get the intro. My nigga. We're Verde. T-Bell, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing great, man. Thank you for having me, too, by the way. Of course, you're looking very, 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 very fashionable today. Thank you. Thank you. As, as always. Yeah, I try. How you doing, man? It's, pan- it's a pandemic. You surviving? I'm definitely surviving and striving for better days. Better days. Better days. Yeah. The spirits, the spirits are be good though. Oh yeah, always, definitely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, let's get into it. Tell the people who you are, T- Mr. T. Bell, man of many talents. Um, yeah. Uh, how y'all doing out there? I'm T. Bell. Uh, I go by Air Bell on Instagram. Uh, I'm a jack of all trades, a Renaissance man, if you will. Yeah. Mm. Master of a few as well. Okay. Yeah. Um, I model. I do uh, skills development and basketball training. Um, I also do YouTube as well. And uh, What do you do on YouTube? Because everybody does YouTube. What do you do on YouTube? What am I going on YouTube to find you for? Um, you can find <laughs> Yeah, like, I'm on YouTube. What the fuck am I looking for you for? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm coming at you. What's up? Well, on YouTube, you'll see me getting a lot of views for rating um, women's clothing. <laughs> oh, so you, oh, you Jody from Baby Boy. Ah, <laughs> oh, $40. $40. Okay. So you, okay. That's interesting. Yeah. Why so, women clothing? Um, I was doing, you know, a little bit of the, the relationships on YouTube. So, my, Oh, you was a YouTube couple. Yeah. Oh, I hate them people, but I like you. Okay. But yeah. Okay. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. So I, 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 I don't like them people because it's just weird. Not weird because they're getting their money. It's weird for me to watch, if that makes sense. Like, I can't sit down and, like, watch a couple be a couple on YouTube. Just me. Why not? It's just strange. Like, it's not reality TV because it's just two people. Like, I don't know y'all. There's no significance to me. I'm not going to just watch y'all be a couple. It's, I don't I don't know. I won't. Wow. So yeah. what would make you tune in, oh, if I could ask? To your show? Like to- No, just in general. Like if it was someone else, another couple you saw on YouTube. If I wanted to watch a couple show that would make me tune in, it would be like a couple show, like you two are in a couple, and then turns out one of y'all are married. And then the chick or the husband come home to y'all couple house, and they live there, and I want to tune into that. I want to see that turmoil. That's what I want to oh, say. Oh, so you need more turmoil. I don't need more turmoil, but I don't want to watch fucking Jack and JC, you know, turn on the camera because they live together and right. their relationship cool. And they fucking go to Costco together. I'm cool. Right. So it's just if, me. But that's what I'm saying. So what if you see the real spill, like you said, like the real turmoil and you see. I'm in a relationship. I live that shit every day. I feel that. I know how relationships go. Okay, I was just wondering. You yeah, know, for the you know, I'm like, you know, that's all. That's just me. 
That's just me. But people getting bread off that, though. I mean, like that Nick Broom bitches and them, they get bread. Yeah. I mean, I mean, people getting houses and cars off that because YouTube be paying apparently because this is going up. And I maybe I'm just salty because I'm behind and I don't got a YouTube family to <laughs> fucking go on. Yeah, I mean, it's just you know whatever you want to portray, mm-hmm. you, whatever you want to show, you can show on there. But I think what uh what I was doing on there was just trying to bridge the gap. Mm-hmm. You know, for those people like that kind of feel like you, mm-hmm. you know, because it's like I got a lot of OGs and a lot of people that. I want to watch this stuff and I want to talk about things that really can influence the culture. Right. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult as you know, I, I might be looking at it from a micro situation, you know, just of like, Oh, two people in a house. But like you were saying, it's probably like lessons in there. Maybe people who are going through some problems in their relationships and then they see y'all go through the same problem. And maybe that's the way they can either cope or maybe like, Hey, yes. I'll take this. So I can see from yes. that. I'm still not watching it, no, but yeah. I can see where the, the, the purpose comes from, where where the fandom comes from, from it. Yeah, yeah. And, nope. yeah, that's really all it is, you know. I mean, once you do know who the people are a little bit, you know, and start to know the background just a little, mm-hmm. then the rest you'll be able to, you know, slightly see. Like, oh, I think, you know, for people our age, watching the YouTube videos, you could just see, you know, different places to take your girl, mm-hmm. you know, different uh, date ideas. Okay. You know, subtle things like that. Not necessarily like I'm about to tune in and, and watch this person's life and watch what they're doing. Like, right, right, right. But, you know, just to, shit, I, I, I need to spice things up a little bit. Let me see what such and such Or relationship advice. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's a, it's a broader spectrum. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool, cool. So, you are from Chicago, correct? Yes. What part? Uh, you can say this. I'm definitely from the suburbs, Joliet area. Okay, that's I was born in Cook County, but yeah, Joliet, Illinois, mm-hmm. where I was born and raised, and then I moved to Central Illinois for high school, which is in Bloomington. Normal did that stint. It felt like <laughs> a stint, like it's jail. <laughs> Basically, it felt like it. Small know? town, small bro, farm town. Mm. You know and. It was a great vibe, and it was a good environment to really, you know, nurture a child, you know, to development because, you know, the streets sometimes can just swallow you up if you don't have time to develop your own thoughts and stuff. Right. I'm sure it's wild in Chicago as well. Oh, my gosh, bro. Oh, my gosh. That's a whole nother beast. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so did that. And then from there, uh, went to junior college in Peoria, Illinois, where Sean Livingston is from. Mm-hmm. Shout out Sean. Yeah, shout out Sean. He's definitely a big, big homie. Uh, did two years there playing ball, playing basketball, basketball. Okay. full scholarship. Okay, cool. Full scholarship. Um, from there, I went to a Division two school in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't didn't fare too well there. You know, this is where I get in trouble. This is the the tough part of the story, mm-hmm. where I had the turmoil. And we're at the trial part now. Okay. But, um, you know, uh, didn't end there, end there well. Coach got fired. I ended up transferring. So it was a big story. So, something sounds like it deep or bad happened. It was just, you know, racism at its uh, finest. I, I, I got you, trust me. Yeah. 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 I don't, you know. Yeah. It is what it, it is. It's in that. It's You think it wouldn't be in that, that world since 85, 90% of the players are african-american no. but it's it still runs deep no. with 90 percent of the coaches being white 
it's awkward. Yeah, it gets awkward sometimes. I, I've been, I mean, I went to school in Oregon, you know, so the, that's where the Ku Klux Klan was originated from. Wow. Did yeah, a few people that. didn't know that the KKK was originated in wow. Oregon. Like, when me, when I was going to school there with my homie uh, Tom, Dan, shout out Tom, <laughs> we got the flyer, like the, the little application, if you will. They were still like, yeah, it's very prevalent. Like, KKK wow. is still very prevalent in Oregon. Of course, you saw when all the shit was going on early in the year with the Black Lives Matter protesters and all the, the Trump guys and shit, the, all the Oregon, that 80 days of protest, all that shit. That's why it was stemming because it's such a racist place underlying. Mm, I did not know. Yeah. No. And then, wow. I, yeah, South Dakota after that. So I've, I've been with the whites. Yeah. I know where the whites, how the whites work out there. So Tough, tough. But mm-hmm. luckily after that, after that year in Oklahoma, it's crazy, man. I ended up on the couch back at mom's, and mm-hmm. I was really in this mind state of, like, in between becoming what you call a townie mm. and just, you know what I mean, getting a relationship, getting somebody pregnant, and, you know, getting in the flow of a work and every day and having a family. And I was just like... I want, like, I don't care right now. I kind of lost that spark for basketball. Like, mm-hmm. that coach, that whole situation just, mm-hmm. it rubbed me the wrong way. But that led me to training, you know, later on down the road. So, um, I'm going to stop you real quick before we get there. It's because I share a very similar story with you when, whether you at a school or you finish that JUCO and you don't have offers immediately or yeah. you're transferring and you have to go back home to that yeah. small town because my mom was in. Columbia, Louisiana, fucking small. You see everybody at church, grocery store, gas station all day. So I'm knowing that feeling of having to go back home for some months or a year and feeling like, well, I guess I'm not playing basketball no more or da 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 da. You have all these thoughts. And then you said yourself, like, damn, it's either like I'm not in school, I have to go back home. So my options are like, get a fucking not regular nine to five that I don't like, get somebody pregnant and live my life regular. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Or I got to go out there and really just got to get it on my own. Why is that such a norm for black athletes? And I was being extreme by just saying like, becoming a town against somebody. Pregnant. No, no, no. But you were being extreme because if you look at the cases, it's the norm. It is. It's the norm. It is. Like when you, if, cause with African-Americans in sports, Especially back when we were growing up, it was like, yo, you if you weren't the best student, you had to play sports to try to figure out a way to like pay your bills. Because like small towns, you're getting eleven dollars an hour if you work twelve dollars an hour, they're not cut up to the curb. And like you're gonna be there in a small town doing the same shit, seeing the same people, and you get caught up in that cycle, and that's what happens to a lot of great players, great athletes, they get stuck in that cycle. Why does it seem like that's only our route? You don't hear that story from white people too much. Man. And it's not a racist pod or anything like that. I'm just taking the facts. I'll tell you like this. You're either raised to become an employee or or an employer. Mm-hmm. You get what I mean by that? I, I feel that. And, you know, in our culture, more than likely we're taught to get that nine to five, get to college, get that degree. But really, you know, and I know, it truthfully holds no weight in society. I think the pandemic showed that the best were like, you know, you have a master's and a bachelor's and all this, but when there's no jobs and you literally can't go into your work 
you're just like the motherfucker driving Postmates or working McDonald's. You're all on the same level. Essentially, when it comes to job-wise. And it, look how you use that word, essentially. Yeah. Think about that. Like, they, they tell us what's essential, quote-unquote. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you start to see and know your worth. And I, I think just the difference in our culture is the thought process. Very true. Well, okay. Like I was saying before we got on the mic, you mm-hmm. know, just Western civilization and how we're raised in America, the way we think is just different. Like we, we think about dreams more than legacy or more than like a dynasty. Like you look at other cultures and like China and whatnot, mm-hmm. they think in dynasty, like they think in family name, like passing down legacy. Like if you were, your granddad was a doctor, father's a doctor, you're a doctor. Generational. Mm-hmm. Legacy, right? You know what I'm saying. Here, it's a dream. Like what? Dollar and a dream. Dollar and a dream. What? What do you mean here? Here as in America? America? Yeah. Because America. it's not okay. Because when it comes to generational, like you were saying, like your fan, your dad was a doctor. Da 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 da. That lies more in. I, I see how you're going toward like the Asian race and how they do that. But in America, it's the same way, but just not for us. You feel me? Yes. I was at a, a little uh, talking to my friend watching the. A fight a couple of days ago he had a friend over i believe his friend was norwegian and he was sitting there and he was telling us like he could pinpoint like history and like oh yeah my family migrated in this time and they went here and yes. they did this and they had to do this or whatever right yes and he was talking i had to stop him i was like wow the first thing i said is like wow that's crazy you can do that and my homie who's black i said we can't do that and nobody knew what i was talking about <laughs> and i was no, like yeah. you can really pinpoint that's tough like your great 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 this I'm as far as my, like, grandmother, just from my family-wise. Like, I, my grandma is, like, the farthest we go back that I know or met or, like, have any knowledge about just because we don't have that lineage. Some people are lucky enough to have generational great, great, great this. But in the black community, we don't. We don't have anywhere to trace our history. And I think Ancestry.com is bullshit. You think it is? Oh, yeah. Why? I, I, I mean... I I don't know. It's easy to be like, oh, you're okay. You're by your last name. You're eighty five percent black, thirty percent. It's just numbers to me. I don't. I don't. I don't know. It's I'm sending something out to some place. I don't know who works there or whatever. I don't know what how their system works and them tracking me or tracking my lineage. And they send me a card back saying, hey, you're this. I, I'm. I don't. That's just that's just me. Yeah. You know. I identify for what who I am and who I how I roll every day. But that's just me. No, a hundred percent. I feel that. I, I, I partially, I don't know. I, I definitely have mixed feelings about it. I, I heard like several, you know, sites like that, like ancestry dot com, that, you know, they do that and help you find your lineage. Mm-hmm. Like you said, it's, it, I don't know, it's scary. It's scary. It's fifty fifty. You know, because you know maybe it works, and you're like, okay, cool. But then you find out some shit you really didn't want to know. On top of that. Yeah. This is tricky, tricky, tricky topic. <laughs> tricky topic. For sure. But um yeah, uh after I after I left Oklahoma though, man bro, literally I got to Chicago by a leap of faith, like a thread and a needle. Mm-hmm. Literally my AAU coach, he just pulled the string, you know, just back pocket one you know, a friend of a friend. Mm-hmm. Calls this coach up in Robert Morris. He takes me on a partial, like not even a full, like 
just was like, come on, I see your resume. I know you can go. You know, we'll take you. It was NAIA. Mm-hmm. Powerhouse, though, they sent people to NBA from there. Like, right. Two players. I was like, dang. But, uh, yeah, and I went there, and I was in school downtown Chicago. And then that's where it, it just all turned up. Like, life just really opened up from there. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, I really started to see things differently, differently, and I was just more open to things, more exposed to things at a, like, faster pace, higher level. And I was adapting. Like, Which I feel like that's what we have to do all the time. Is what we're really, really good at is adapting to situations. Yeah, yeah. And that in itself just taught me so much, you know, just so much, you know. And I, I was thankful for that. That helped me. That was the final piece to me maturing, you know, like finishing college. I was like 22, I think, 21. Okay. To like 25, 26. Yeah. Okay. So it was a significant like half a decade where I was just like in Chicago, grinding, working. And that first portion was hooping. And then I started working with Nike and Jordan brand like senior year of college. And from there, it was just like, pew. Let's take it there because that's how our paths crossed. I met you at the Jordan store downtown. Um, you were working with Game 7 at the time. I was with Foot Action, I believe. Right? Yeah, at the time. Um, so you working with... Nike and Jordan, your senior year to coming out here in California. Well, how did you make that move from Chicago to California after graduation? Like, what was like? Okay, I gotta go to California. Um. Well, I had five years after. I had like four, maybe three or four years after college in Chicago. So, working with Nike and Jordan. Jordan brand in Chicago for like three to four, like four years, four and a half years strong. Okay. Doing what exactly? I was a, I guess you could say a freelance brand ambassador. Okay. But I pretty much had a role that was set, but my title was as such. Mm -hmm. But my role was set and I basically like ran the court for Jordan brand in Chicago, downtown Chicago. So you, oh, like the announcer. Like, kind of like Barbito from New no, York. No, no, no. Kind of like what I was doing here. Okay. Uh, yeah, run the game and shit, right? Uh, we didn't have a whole court like that. So it was, okay. it was more so an experience there. Like they were testing, they were trialing something different. Like oh. They both are set up differently. Okay. So the, first, the one in Chicago is more, you know, intimate. You come in, you can shoot around. And then go upstairs and customize clothes. You know, it's kind of like a my player home, as you would. Okay. But here, here, is here in L.A., it's like a full gym. Full experience. Full court. Like, you can play pickup, bring five, bring five. You know, you can no, it's it's a whole, like, damn near just coliseum for Jordan in there. It's very, very beautiful. Um, so you work in there uh, with Jordan and Nike and doing your time with them and then coming out here – uh, I remember you like announcing the basketball games when they had the, the the high school kids come up here the first week of the opening and stuff like that. So we were chopping it up and getting to know you and things like that. You're while you're here and why we kind of just came together 
just like my last guest, Ray, you're a man of many talents. You're a person who keeps going and just it's fruitful of life, right? So you working with Nike and Jordan and just being in the space and, you know, your brand ambassador role to me driving on the freeway and me seeing your billboard with Nike <laughs> multiple places in L.A. I mean, I, I three or four billboards. All, I'm talking massive billboards. How did that come about? Man. A blessing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, working with the multiple marketing companies just building a resume of just being a good person, you know, and just being a friendly guy, you know, building relationships, real relationships with people. Um, a friend just threw a lot, bro. Like right place, right time. Right place, right time. I'm talking like they already had, you know, the people that they wanted. Right. But I filled a, a last minute slot for, like you said, for, three to four different uh billboards. Right. There was there were people that were just for like one city. You know what I mean? Like they would pick they pick like four people and each person was supposed to be like New York, you just there. Okay. LA, you just here. Chicago, you just here. And then they came and gave me each one. So you were in East City? I was in East City. Okay. And then I had a couple here. Here. Like, and I was just like I was really taken back, bro. Like, it blew up quick. It blew up quick. quick. It, it's crazy because, like, you can like it's you. You can tell it's you, and it, it just shows the power of networking, man. And and being a good person, having that good vibe. Because I'm pretty sure most of the shit you got into, and most of the shit I got into, is just off who we are, the yeah. presence we bring, the yeah. vibe we bring. You know what I mean? There's people feeding off that. A hundred percent. Literally a hundred percent. I thank my mom for that. You know, just giving me a positive outlook on life and giving me that uh, that positive energy that just always find the good in someone and find the good in something. And I, I really strive to do that and live by that. Mm-hmm. With the um, billboard coming out, how was that trajectory for you on making next moves and, and just getting like okay because when you get that type of like oh exposure in the way some people can get big-headed or some people can be like all right cool i got it i got a billboard i'm that how do you take that and be like okay this is cool how can i top that or how can i leverage this to make a different move and, and continue this way i mean with me doing everything independent you know like i said like finding that type of opportunity you know just off of me me and me not an agency it makes it like a chess move mm-hmm. you know it makes it like i kind of have to be strategic stay out the limelight you know not do too much on social media but mm-hmm. keep my content aligned because mm-hmm. i'm still waiting for the next call right you know i'm still so you can't go crazy call. on instagram yeah. yeah yeah you gotta keep that image up in a way now yeah 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 and and from there once you start thinking like that, things start falling in place. Mm-hmm. But it's not until you, like, put it in your mind that this is real. Like, I'm really doing this, and I'm going to give it some thought, and I'm going to give it some energy. And then from there, you can begin to manifest it, and stuff will fall in place for you. Because mm-hmm. you you know. Yeah, of course. Um, 
So now with that and the pandemic being here, there's no longer any events or anything like that going on at the Jordan store. Um, there's no training. There's no games. There's no nothing there. How do you stay creative and find a different outlet? Oh, my God. Because I know you're somebody who does so many things, right? But how do you, one, in a pandemic, because that's a popular just thing to ask, is stay afloat and keep that creativity? And, two, how do you pivot from having constant work, constant, okay, boom, constant contacts, to now just having it again being set back in a way and having to get out your out the mud again. Honestly, bro, I, I will say my boy Bryce Elgin. Um, you can find him on Instagram at Bryce Elgin. Okay. Was very, very, very big for me. Uh early on during the pandemic, I had my roommates, you know, one's a videographer, one plays two K. He's like a major league gamer, he's cold. Okay, esports type. Okay. You know. So I'm I'm playing a game with him and then kind of learning how to edit. But then I'm starting to see, like, I don't know if editing is for me, but I love making content. Trying shit. You know what I mean? So I'm trying stuff. And then from there, I meet this kid, Price, and it just, like, we clicked, bro. Like, like we were family or something. Like, mm-hmm. like, I had known him for years or something. It was weird, bro. It's good energy, good vibes. Just crazy. And it was, it was, the thing was, it was like other people around us affirming it. Like, and it, it was just so organic. But uh, I was around him learning how to sew. So really what I did through the pandemic was like keep my, keep my thought process up by learning something new. So like at the beginning, like I said, I was trying to edit. I was trying to do this, that. Then I jumped to sewing which was just adding another uh, creative aspect to my, you know, belt. Because mm-hmm. I was already doing that with Jordan Brand. Like, I was screen pressing, doing direct, doing direct to garment, which is DTG on T-shirts. Mm-hmm. Like, I was already doing that. But then sewing was like a, just like being able to airbrush or something. Like, it was just like, you can do it. You can play more roles. Opens more doors for you. You know what I'm saying? Like, Cause I was watching like Nike was doing like these makers events and like people were sewing, people were doing trink. That's how I met Kendrick Lamar. Mm-hmm. I'm, I was doing trinkets on air force ones and I'm adding a class, you know, to a pair of ones. So I'm doing all the ones all day. I'm in one booth all day. Toward the end of the day, they come with like four pair of ones. They like, man, this for TDE. So I, in my head, I'm like, I got to snap. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know I'm like I gotta snap. I gotta do something. I, right, something that I would do. So then I do something I would do. I don't know. It was some basic, it, but like you know, to me, like it was basic, but it was it was still dope, you know. And uh, lo and behold, like as we shut down, they all the camp just come in. He just pull up on me, shake my hand, say what's up, like what you working on. I'm like I'm working on yours right now. Mm-hmm. He like let me see. What you doing? I'm like, I'm having a trinket that I kind of tell him what I'm doing. And he just sit down. We take a classic pick. And I was just like, it was moments like that that just let me know the next steps. Right. Like, it was like that day I met Kobe, too. Kobe shook my hand that day. Like, 
I ain't want to wash my hand after that. Right, like, R.I.P. Bean. Yeah, R.I.P. Bean. Like it was, mm-hmm. it was like I said, but like, and that was me visiting. That was NBA All Star Weekend when they had it here. Yeah, what was that like two years ago, three years ago? Two, I want to say two years ago. So, I mean, you know, you know what I mean. So that was it. Was just moments like that. Like that's what made me move. Okay, so you came on a visit, right? And then you went on your visit. You were lucky to get that quote-unquote L.A. Hollywood experience where you come, you, you do... I was working. You, I know, you do you do the cool shit, but you being in L.A., you just bump into celebrities. Oh you know what I mean? What people, that's what people think it is when it's like, oh, L.A., celebrity just walking around everywhere. Nah. Not really, but if you're in the right situation, yeah. they're there and they're just regular fucking people. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Especially being at Jordan when the, the true releases and they had the <laughs> events... I mean, they had events just for influencers, celebrities, yeah. just to get their shit out. So you would encounter so many people where it was getting regular. You know what I mean? And yeah. once you figure that out, that it's regular, and you can make these connections, then you can move yeah. without being starstruck or like, oh, I got to do this or, or whatever. No, you, just, you can be anything you want to be out here. A hundred percent. And move how you want to move out here without with all that. Like, like you said... If that trinket shit was your go-to, that was your niche, right? And Kendrick was like, "Okay, bet I'll take three of them." He posts that on Instagram, and then bet now you're you got a business. That's all it takes. Now you got a full functioning business with like now you're back ordered type shit. But you got to be ready for that type of stuff. Exactly. A lot of people are not ready. They talk to talk, but when it's Man. time, you know what I mean. They think they go on Instagram and they see somebody making shirts. They're like, "Oh, I can do that." Until you got to make the shirts and get the screen printer and pay for this and do that and set up your shipping. And it's more than just a fucking T-shirt at the end of the day. And people don't see that. And that's how she gets fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. There's a lot more that goes into the back end than people see. So sticking on clothing, I see that you had, I think, Black Friday, if I'm not mistaken, release some hats. Uh, yeah. Some uh, creative hats you did yourself? Yeah. Uh, with Bryce. Okay, cool. Yeah, he helped me. I, I basically like sourced the hats and patches, and uh, I I just gave him direction on the stitching and how I I wanted the pattern. And from there, it was, you know, it was pretty organic. And that's just your first dabble in like you know merchandising for yourself and kind of get into the because you've always been like a fashionable person working with these companies, but like with something with your name on it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I mean, I made stuff before in the past, you know, like one-offs. Like I love making one-offs. I make a lot of, a lot of one-on-one type pieces, and and then sometimes I create a collection of them, like the hats. You know, those are all just. Oh, I got a bunch of patches that I've collected over the years. Let me see if I could sauce them up correctly, mm-hmm. and you you get that, you know. And the more I get my hands on things. The more you gonna see. Okay, so there's this is not like a a one and done thing. It's something that you you're passionate about that you're venturing into because it's trying to kind of hard to keep up with some shit you do that you do so much <laughs> all the time. You know what I mean? One morning, you're, one moment you're training somebody, then you're in the studio. You know, oh, then you're in the fucking design lab. Then you're on the beach. You're a surfer sometimes. Like I, I don't yeah. even know, man. You're more of a motivational speaker sometimes. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. It's it's just that energy that. It just it's infectious almost. 
Man, yeah. I, I think I picked that up from watching T.I. I feel like he said something about that. Like, I forget the exact quote, but he was just talking about how he a man of many traits, you know, a man that wears many hats. Like, mm-hmm. you're not going to box me in as just a rapper. But, you know, he, he said super smooth how he talked. Yeah, he said it with, like, you know, fucking 14-syllable words and stuff, uh, like dictionary king. I could I could go there, you know what I mean, but I don't want to. You know do what people like that. You know what would be smart for him to do? What if he can get like partner with like a Webster's dictionary or something like that and, and come give out, us that Urban Dictionary? Urban his own Urban Dictionary. Partner with one of them. Yeah, all fire. have it right. I want to have it. All the correct dictionary, but then like the back end, all Ti's like slang words. Come on, I should have sell out twenty four hours. Twenty four hours to sell out. One hundred percent. I'm gonna call Ti after this. His podcast expeditiously. That you know, I mean, people making moves. I mean, already here we are Mm -hmm. with the Bible Verde. You feel me? Um. So, going on to next year, 2020 was up and down. It was a roller coaster. What are your plans for 2021? Uh, I mean, it's hard to have plans nowadays. But what what's your focus? Moving on from moving forward. Uh, I would definitely say just controlling what I can control, mm-hmm. you know, which is health and wealth. Um, those two, you know, if I can do my part, keeping my mask, keeping my hands sanitized, um, you know, working out, keeping my, getting my vitamins and nutrients. And then, like you said, motivational speaking and, and inspiring people through what I'm doing, you know, through just being an example of, you know, trying to stay busy, trying to stay Keep your mind flowing. Keep keep faith in something, um, and just personally, just doing a better job of uh, utilizing the people around me that love me mm-hmm. better. I'm just I think working on relationships with people in your life that do love you already. Okay, but yeah, this is very true. Yeah, I think 2021 kicking it off like that. But yeah, I definitely got a couple business moves. Mm-hmm. Definitely got a couple of business moves in the works. Um, in July, be on the lookout for a commercial. Oh, okay. For me. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it there. I'm just going to leave it there. I'm just going to leave it there. Like just, From me. Okay. Just, just be on the lookout of, for a commercial. Okay. So uh, you're uh, actually leaving us and uh, heading back to Chicago. Yeah. For some time. Yeah, for a few weeks. Want to visit family and Get that reset in yeah. the holidays. Right before we kickstart this new year. Are you a holidays person? Like Christmas and shit? Are you big on it? Man, bro, that's a funny question, man. Literally for like the last eight years, mm-hmm. I haven't like really. And I'll tell you why. I'll tell okay. you why. I'll tell you why. I, think I, I think I may know why, but I'm go ahead. I was really on that pagan, like, I'm not going to think. Like, oh. Yeah, like, like, uh and then something dawned on me, and I was just like, hold on, there's beauty in this. Mm-hmm. Like, once again, mom, you know, giving me that positive outlook. It was like, hold on, this brings family together. This this brings loved ones together. This brings the people that you care about together. So mm-hmm. utilize that in a way to create something new and something more, something more for you. Like, because, you know, as you get older and you find out, like, Santa Claus don't exist, mm-hmm. such and such was only coming around because... He was freaking on her, and that you like, dang. Yeah. Now, All it, now trying to get everybody together for a family gathering is crazy, ain't it? Yeah. So it's like, just knowing that, yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll use my holidays better to say, hey, 
I'm here. Let me at least say I love you. I love you. Because, man, I, after this year, you know life is short. It's very short. We lost a lot of people this year. Um, I, I, I'm i a holiday person. I've been out of it for so long because when you do play basketball, you yeah. miss Christmas with your family. You're on the road. You're playing games. So you miss so many years. And you're in college already, so when you get to that point, you don't really give a fuck about gifts and everything. It's just about seeing your family and stuff. So I can I can see where that comes from. Yep. But you hit me with the peg, and that threw me off. I didn't see that. Caught, <laughs> caught me off guard with that one. I didn't see you coming with that no, one. I really was on one. Because, you know, I, I didn't say this at the beginning, but my mom's, she's an evangelist. So oh, I grew up in the church. Okay. Now, uh, I grew up in a church, too, uh, Baptist. But I'm not 100%. Um, knowledgeable on evangelism. Break that down for me. Prophet. Prophet. A prophet. A prophet. Evangelist? Yes, she's a prophet. That's all it is. Like, you can just, it's another word for being able to prophesy over one's life. Hmm. Interesting. But she had to go to Bible school and all that. I'm not going to downplay it. No, 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 yeah. But, like, she's basically, essentially, a prophet. Like, she can speak life into your life. Hmm. Interesting. Oh, I didn't I didn't know that. You see, you learn something every day. Yeah. Okay. Wow. I'm a prophet. That's fire. No, no, no. You definitely that's not, that's, that's a fire. That's fire. Especially when you're preaching your own gospel. Like when you learn these terms and definitions, like what they mean for you, mm. you gotta create your format. You know, you gotta follow rhetoric. But it's it's doable. It takes some time though. No. <laughs> you're uh, a big reader. Yeah. You're always because 'cause we're Shooting this in downtown, right above the Lax bookstore. I stopped in there before I came here. I know you probably did. You come, I can do it every time you come over here. Uh, what are you reading right now? Oh, yeah, I know I was gonna get you. Yeah, come on. I just finished um, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Okay, literally just finished it like a couple more time. So, for people at home, they can hear it. What's the title of it? Think and Grow Rich. Think and Grow Rich okay. by Napoleon Hill. Okay. Just finished that. That was a super good read. Like super good read. Like definitely some things I want to move into twenty twenty one and attack with. Uh, what for example? Uh, like just what the book about? Give me like a synopsis. Oh, uh, dang, that's you're hilarious. I <laughs> wish I bought the book with me because I have it marked. Like what, what I want to talk about. Yeah, just give me like a little gist of it though. Uh, basically what it what the title entails: the thinking grow rich, mm-hmm. teaching you how to shift. Your thought process from being an employee to an employer. Okay. Oh, you think you date Chappelle? Reverting back from the beginning. I see. Okay. You know what I mean? Cool. So uh-huh. you kind of got to like unlearn and then relearn. Like, what were some of these rich dudes really doing? Like, what were some of the day to day things that they were doing to keep themselves elevated? I'm changing your financial mind state. Financial literacy. Mm, okay. Like really knowing, like, and just being literate on finances. Like I, I could use the word frugal. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, I'm I'm a I'm an Ebony Jew, Crenshaw chapter. Right. Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> You're hilarious. <laughs> no, but I can I'm so that. frugal. I could use that word with uh a young person now uh-huh. and they would not know. You know, nineteen and under. They would not know. I can see that, yeah. But you know what I mean? Like those are terms that should be taught at twelve. Being frugal? Well they do. It just they just say they just say cheap. Just so. being cheap. They say oh, cheap. Yeah, we, yeah. You broke cheap. Da da da. But being frugal. It's not about just being broke and cheap. It's about being smart with your money. Exactly. Yeah. Of course. Be, I'm frugal. Being as fuck. frugal means once you've become, once you are cheap, 
you know what to do with the cheap money. Yeah, it's like to make more money. Like, you know, the difference if you go to Costco, for example, right? And there's the fucking I don't know, Ciroc at seventy five dollars, and then there's the Kirkland vodka at like twenty two for like four gallons. Like that's the difference between being frugal. The name brand shit, like that's that it's 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 a number of things. I think frugal is oh. it's being smart with your money. Uh-huh. You know, not always going for the most expensive item. It's always not trying to keep up with people. You know, and show off and buy buy things. Like this is what Gary Vee says. Are you buying shit for you? You buying that five hundred dollar hoodie for you? Are you buying that watch for you? Or are you buying it for people to be like, oh wow, he got a five hundred dollar hoodie. He got a nice watch. Is that what you're buying it for? That's the thing between frugal. People go broke trying to look rich. Yeah. That's an accident. That's a thought. It's just a thought. They don't know no better. Mm-hmm. And that, like you were saying earlier, is what's wrong with the culture. I think, and I say this a lot, it starts with what we see. Not necessarily. I would say schools, for example. Um, what you're seeing in schools. Not what we're seeing, what we're being taught. Excuse me. Or being taught, um, I don't know, I don't look at parabolas, I don't fucking look at obtuse and acute angles every day, you know what I mean? There's so much bullshit we were taught in school that we don't use on a daily basis, where things like taxes and credit and oh stuff, that's where I'm going with it, could be interjected in place. That's because saying. you're saying, oh, a 19-year-old nowadays wouldn't even know the term frugal. But yeah. that shit starts in schools. Yeah. And, and you can't even blame the parents all the time because no. if you look back at our generations, right, our parents was learning less than what we learned. They was taught work. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Just go work. work. Just go work, right? So my my parents couldn't really even teach me credit early on because nobody taught them credit they already had fucked theirs up yes. you know to a point yes. to a certain degree where they were building they were building theirs when it was time for me to learn about mine yes you know what i mean so it's it's a struggle if you don't teach that in school and our parents weren't taught that how the fuck were we supposed to learn it you gotta you gotta seek it you definitely gotta seek it uh, i mean i'm not gonna sit here and be like i got it mastered i'm relearning as we speak you know because there are things that I want to do, and it's like, hold on, I can do that. I just got a plan for it. Mm-hmm. I got to create a budget. I got to create, like, there are things that you can set in place to help you win. But more often than none, we just don't want to play the games for whatever reason. And, you know, I mean, everybody I, has their reasons. I think it's changing where with the pandemic we're in a time of, you know, people doing it themselves and having to get out the mud and I'm um, trying new things and learning new things because of me being 28 now um, and just maybe being on a constant cycle in a way of doing the same thing over and over, kind of getting in a groove. You kind of like miss that knowledge part. I, I miss the general everyday day-to-day knowledge where like you said, you have to go seek it out so, to some point where I kind of feel dumb sometimes. Like I just, I'm not, I'm not getting that mental stimulation all the time. It's tough, bro. It is very tough. And 
that definitely goes back to all those quotes you heard as a kid when they were like, "You are who you circle yourself around." And oh, it's very true. You you will be the if you hang around four broke people, you will be the fifth. fifth. Like, I, I believe that wholeheartedly to this day. It's that same energy, like the people you be bringing me around. Mm. It's always like I'm like, dang, like, he just inspired inspired me to get back into jujitsu. He just inspired me to get back into this. This is what's crazy, and this is why I hang out with you because. You saying that once you left me bringing you around my friends, the first thing was like, wow, he's really cool. You're always bringing around cool people. Right. And it's just the energy. You know what I mean? I'm going to hang around people that, you know, I like. So, of course, I'm not going to bring somebody who's causing problems or had bad energy to somebody's house. But your shit is like that. The way you move, you could be somewhere in 30 minutes and it's like, wow, that was an impression. Like, I fuck with him. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 man. I'm, yeah, man. You're <laughs> you're not lying. Like just just energy alone and presence, you know, and conversation. Yeah, you know that'll do it. You heard a uh, young thug saying he never paid attention to Andre three thousand. Why he say him? Because they asked about him. He was in a podcast with Ti. Uh, young thug said he's never paid attention to Andre three thousand. His whole career, which is crazy since, you know. I don't know. I ain't going to lie. You could miss him. How can you miss Andre? That just means you never paid his outcast as well. But, like, I'm saying, like, you could miss him in the sense of, like, it didn't affect you. He said he never paid attention to him. Also, Andre 3000 has gave... Nothing but praise to Young Thug. He says nothing. He says nothing about nobody else but Young Thug. So, which is also strange. How can you not receive that marketing? I'm sorry. What marketing? What you mean? Like they gonna drop an album together? We'll just wait and see. How do you think that would be, Andre Three Thousand? The way him and Wayne just came out. Who? Thug. No ceilings three. Oh, I didn't like. I didn't like it. I didn't like that track. It was subtle. It was cool, but it wasn't. I feel like it was a warm up. It was that whiny. That whiny. I don't like whiny thug that much. Sometimes he gets in his whiny bag, and I'm like, yeah. What was the chorus? I don't even remember. I I I heard it, and I was like, "Uh, I'm cool. I turned it mid song. Wasn't it like, bitch? I got the devil with me. I don't. I don't know. It was. I think that was that one. Like Andre Andre three thousand and Young Thug was on fire. I mean, Wayne and Doug on some serious beats with Soundfire. What do you think about this? Nah, he wouldn't do that. This is fire. You wouldn't do this? It's subtle. I think it's better than that Wayne track. Uh, he wouldn't do that though. On that beat, he wouldn't do that. But it sounds okay. Like yeah, like a like I think they I think if they came together, it would be great. I don't know. Pause. If they came together, it'd be great. Uh, okay, that's a pause. I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. Dude. <laughs> okay. Okay. 
So, staying on music, what what are you listening to right now? Definitely No Ceilings Three. Okay. Uh, I like tracks like one through like maybe five on that. That's about it. V's, V's, yeah, V's. I like V's. I love V's. Law and Order's Fire. I fuck with V's. Yeah. Um, uh, and then Ocean Sounds. I'm sorry. Ocean sounds like, like like the ocean sounds like you're like hey Alexa play ocean sounds or like birds chirping or something like oh like ocean breeze or something oh okay well you do spend a lot of time on the beach I see oh bro so I'll I'll be like reading or something like if I'm in an Uber or on a train or something I'll just put like ocean sounds in my headphones and just start reading very 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 peaceful apparently I mean when I try to get in you know I try to get in and out like. Like sometimes you can be in that, and then you know, you know how it is. Like sometimes you got to be on your. All right, as soon as I take these headphones off, back to the, you know. Mm. I have a question for you. It's been bothering me for a couple of days now. Maybe you can help me with it. Okay. I'm very, very bothered about the way of the animal species. What What do you mean? If you think about it, how advanced animals are, like dolphins. Dolphins are like supposed to be like the smartest, like animal mammal. Or whatever in the world and like look at chimpanzees they say we derive from all that smart animals right why are like parrots the only animal that can that can talk that can talk like human yeah like speak english because they just mirror they just they're just a mirror they just mirroring frequencies like they they can damn near repeat any any language that's what i'm saying so like out of all the animals in the world what makes these motherfuckers so special where they can speak English. They they got a lot. Man, they got a Think lot. Think about that. Look, all the animals, all the animals, so many animals in the world, these motherfuckers, only one that can talk. You're right, huh? That is zesty. <laughs> it's mad fucking zesty. It's it been bothering me for 48 hours. But a lot of things bother me in my head. And they fly. Like, I never thought in mm. movies, when them dudes used to have the, the, the little bird on their fingers and be like, take this note to this. Pa- along came Polly shit. Like, the little Polly pa- pa- one cracker. That motherfucker right there, the green one. Mm-hmm. Now, that used to throw me. Yeah. Not the, the talking. I don't know why the talking, I let that slide so easily. Now yeah, that just, you say it, now Animals just talking, it. yeah, speaking English. But, <laughs> but a bird being able to fly across the country. And deliver a message, my nigga? And knows where it's going, like it has GPS. Latitude, longitude? Yeah. I, I, I'm just, like, I don't know. Like, remember they used to fly messages on pi- on pigeons. I don't know. On pigeons. I, well, I need to find out how they was doing that. And Mike Tyson rages pigeons. He has a pigeon. A pigeon cage? Pigeon, no, like a cage. Like a little, like a whole coop. Yeah, but it's like luxurious. Like each pigeon has a, a Fiji bottle water feeder. The, pig- the pigeons drink Fiji. You see what I'm drinking? Yeah, I know. So you're are you a bird? Is that what you're saying? Cuckoo. You're a bird. You Cuckoo. You're a little whore in these streets. <laughs> speaking about that. You tell my speaking about that. Are you dating anybody? Are you a single man in these streets? I mean I like guess technical like technical, technically. How how? How is nah, it? like I'm off the market. I'm off the market, but like technically with the title stuff, like I'm single, but I'm off the market though. So you're off the market and you're single, which is the same thing. No, I'm saying I'm off the market like I'm taken. Oh. But like technical like titles like I'm single still. Please explain how that works to me. To be continued, you know. Oh, okay, we can't. Okay, we're going to blow Yeah, spot. we just, we, we working. We're not trying to blow spot up. 
No, yeah, we working on it right now. So yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Oh, okay, for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. But yeah, that's my that's Facebook my is complicated. I got it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we ain't gonna we ain't gonna put open relationships. Yeah, for sure, for sure. You know, fuck them. They ain't got to know shit. Fuck them. Get out of this business. Oh, uh, what else, man? Um, I mean, life, bro. Life's good. There's life is beautiful. Uh, I got some. I think 2021 will definitely be, I think this next decade, all right, not 2021, I think this next decade will entail, like, a lot for a lot of people, Mm -hmm. meaning, like, if you can lock in at the beginning of the decade by 2030, knowing where the economy is going toward. Nine years? Yeah, by 2030. Mm-hmm. Like, if you can think broad scale, like, investments, thought process, outlook, knowing, like, bigger bigger picture, there are so many things that people can invest in right now. There is there's a Microsoft that exists right now. Mm-hmm. There's, an, there's another Amazon skewing somewhere right now. Are you mad at Amazon? What I don't even pay. I rarely shop on Amazon, like, because I'm always just walking and getting what I need in front of me. Mm-hmm. But like, no, people are mad at Amazon. At what? Because it's such a huge conglomerate that they're pretty much eliminating mom and pop shops, and like, it's like the devil and Jeff Bezos has all this money and you know holding and hoarding wealth. It is kind of funny, like. It's like he on some like, man, you could definitely get on board though. Like you could sell your stuff on my uh platform. <laughs> like it, like he he has how do you feel about this? People having a bread like Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos like that, right? And the country being in turmoil or like they have the funds to solve a lot of, of America's problems, as people say. How do you feel about like them? Do you feel like, oh yeah, you guys have all this money, you guys should fucking help, or you should be like, no. don't count somebody else's pockets? No, no, I'll tell you why. I don't care because people gotta understand. Like, if you obviously, like I said earlier, there are employers and employees. Yes, we need people to build trains, we need people to build homes, and we need people to build things in order for us to live in and for life to be good. But realistically, we've created the separation. We've continuously bought in to the separation. Like, before we got on the mic and talked, I was talking about, you know, Western civilization and just segregation and analyzation. (laughs) Segregation and and analyzing, just period. Mm -hmm. That's all they do here. They put you in a grid, box you in, and analyze you. Give you a zip code. They see what you shop like. They they set the stores up around you. Like everything is analyzed. You go to Africa, they got villages still. Everything is unity. Everything is still culture. Now I ain't gonna lie. You go five miles outside that village, you want a whole another culture, another language. That's weird. Now I don't like that part because they definitely that's that's some deep. I ain't gonna talk about right now. But here, you know what I mean. You can see the difference in in the in the format. I don't like that part. That part is it, we've bought into it so deeply, bro. Like you either to a point now where you're like, I'm going to get rich 
and I'm gonna understand how this works. Bro, you about to really get steamrolled. Like it's gonna keep getting bigger. It's just gonna keep the gaps gonna keep getting wider to the point of where if somebody really did wanna be a dictator, it wouldn't who gonna really stop him if he got that much money. You know what I'm saying? Right. So you're saying like the hoarding of the wealth, you know, that we bought into it so so much that it's too big to stop now. Is that what you're saying? I, I agree. Like, because if we try to, if I try to tell you like everything in this room, you only need it. You only need, you know, five percent to really get down what you need. You would be like, huh? Well, that, that's kind of funny. You said that because I was watching some prison documentary yesterday on YouTube, and it was this guy. He was in there for I don't know how long, fucking long time. He killed his wife, killed his two kids, right? Uh-huh. And the interviewer. And the prison warden, he had probably like the cleanest cell in that whole correctional facility. And the guy asked him, you have a really clean cell. He's like, yeah, I got nothing but time. But he was like, no, it's like exceptionally clean. And he said something that I told my girl that's probably going to stick me for a long time. <laughs> like, it, it, he said it and I was like, yo. It was the context he said it in. He said it. He said, yeah, if I don't use it, in a month, I don't need it. <sighs> Refreshing, huh? That fucked with me so bad. So bad. They're the pure minimalist. So bad. If you don't use it in a month, like in a month span, you just don't need it. And that's fucking kind of true. I, I think so. I like that. Bro, it's 100% true. Look, I'll tell you why. Literally, once again, if if you literally think about like all the stuff that you have, you only have it because you've seen somebody else have it, or you think this is what it makes he, me happy. Yeah, no, no, no. And I'm that's what individuality is. You know, everyone's unique. Mm-hmm. It makes you happy. What makes you happy is what makes you happy. But that's what I'm saying. We're so far along that like niggas is like too happy. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. like some people they can't tell the difference of just living a minimal life and understanding. It goes back like. The new age keeping up with the Joneses. Yep, hundred percent. Like you know, if you look at all like the shoe game right now, <laughs> and that's we're both working in Jordan and, and knowing and having the releases and shit like that. I hate it. It's hilarious. I fucking hate it. I hate. I don't want anything new shoes. Like all the hot shit. I was so happy on okay, like, okay, okay, getting okay. shit. Now think about what you're saying. Now to hear you say it the way you're saying it. Is how the culture, black people, mm-hmm. on a broad perspective, real quick, how they look at the stock market. Ooh. Because stocks move the same way that shoes move now. Okay. This is true. Now, you hate it because of that. But prior to when it was just conversation of like, oh, a new company is coming out. Uh, this is happening. Uh, this is happening. No. No? No. How not? No. Difference. How? Because stocks are obtainable. They are. Shoes are as well. No, no, no. If I wake up in the morning, yeah. uh, Monday through Friday, yeah. after 6 or 7 a.m., I can buy stocks. Yeah. All day. Yeah. All day, all day. If I wake up at 7.01, I can't buy those shoes anymore at that price. 
Okay, and that's the catch. That's what I'm saying. But that I understand that I'm not mad at that. Get your money how yes. you get your money. That's what I was about to get. I'm just still saying I have every right to hate that it's oh, this way now. That has changed. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. It, that I have to oh, yeah. enter 10 raffles, set an alarm, yeah. have four accounts, and no five guys you can t- to you get, can get a, one pair of shoes, hopefully. You can thank the kids. I'm, I mean, I'm not thanking the kids. I'm, I'm, because it's not their fault. It is. They rushing the streets. I mean, come on. No, it's not the kids' fault because at the same time, think about the companies, right? Where these hot releases release on, and they don't go by the norm. You gotta wear the shoes out, or you got that just started though. I know. It's been it's a little while now, but I'm saying. I'm only saying that be saying that you don't have to do it the normal way of like, okay, I'm going to, I know this shoe is hype as fuck. I know all these people want it. I'm only going to make 250 pairs of every shoe. Sneakers know what they're doing. It's a beautiful business. It's great. I can't hate on their business, but the way that they move and operate, it makes, for me personally, it, it it tarnishes the shoe game for me. Not because I can't get every shoe I want to. I don't need all these shoes. But the fact that it's like, oh, I want just one pair of simple shoes. That's not even crazy. That it's just I have to go through mad hoops or pay an arm and a leg for shoes. That $500 I'm paying on this shoe, it costs thirty two forty to make it. Yep. That's my issue. Supply and demand. I get that. I'm not mad at that aspect. I'm just mad that the shoe game, as we've seen firsthand of having the store closed and the cops called and fights and people wearing disguises and people paying children, <laughs> paying people paying homeless people to stand in line. Like we've seen everything under the sun. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm, I don't work there anymore. I made dumb bread mm-hmm. off of, you know, just resellers and, 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 and helping them and get it what they want because it's the market. You know what I mean? It's yeah. money to be made. But at some point, it's just, you know, the whole thing is it's just crazy. It's all hype. It's the business of hype. What's your why? Yeah, it's the business of hype. I mean, it definitely is a business of hype. I mean, but everything is, bro. I mean, I like looking fly. Don't get me wrong. Fly but everything fly. is. Like, if, if black people knew how to make their bank account look fly, they'd do it. You know what I mean? But the easy part is what we see. We see people driving these nice cars we see these nice clothes we see jewelry we see we see people fast money you know what i'm saying fast money and materialistic things they don't know like you said with like the stocks like it's not it's getting more and more talked about and more prevalent in the african-american community nowadays like you see all the big youtubers like they're out there um, teaching financial literacy and preaching wealth but it's fairly new 100 yeah. um so that's why you, you made a good point where i didn't agree with the comparison but black people and stocks they're not rushing to like that's something that's not that's not fun to them you know what i'm saying it's not fun to like you know put this amount of money sit there and just wait but if somebody told you right now that there's a five cent stock that you can put two hundred dollars two hundred and twenty dollars the same that you would on your Jordans into this stock and just forget about it. The same way you wear your Jordans in 10 years. I guarantee you that whole going to be joking. Okay. You lost everybody at years. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. 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 I, I ran. Nobody wants, to, nobody, nobody wants to wait years for that investment. And that's where we fuck how, up. How, at. how many? Oh, I was just about to ask you real quick. How, how many? What's the, what's the longest, uh, parachute? 
My oldest pair of shoes oh, yeah. over there? I have no idea. If you could glance over there for me. I'm looking. I know I got some shit from like Oregon, the fucking but what, you, what the employee store. So what would you say? I want to say 2000. From what I got here in this place, 2016. I'm old shit at home. In, at home, what would you say? Maybe early 2000s. Now think about that. You held on to these shoes from the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. It's not work the same. I'm way. not. Oh, trust me. I'm not somebody who's going to disagree with you. I 100% agree. I'm into stocks. I taught my girl about stocks and stuff like that. I've been on at an early age because I was luckily. I wasn't thinking like that. Had a family friend who was very into stocks. So when I was left there babysitting, it was like in, it was like news and stocks. So I kind of got hip to the game early on. But just because you hip to it still doesn't mean you understand it. I was just about to say, in in uh what year you graduated high school? Two thousand eleven. If I told you in twenty eleven you put a hundred dollars on Amazon. Wow. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I graduated twenty ten, you know, a year before you if I would have a hundred dollars on, on Amazon. I, I when I'm just randomly just sitting and I'm just idle thinking, I think about multiple things. One, I think about Probably every day is if I'm just walking and somebody's robbing a bank or something mm-hmm. and they like drop the money back and I pick the money back up and it's mad money or like a they crash the car and the money goes everywhere. And I can go over and just get I think about that shit every day. I also think about, man, what if I just had I just can go back in time and just, oh, put this money on Amazon, dad, dad, put this money on iTunes, Apple and shit like that. You know what yeah. I mean? My homie's dad bought Apple stock. Early, right when the iPods time, right? Right when the iPods started hitting, he sold huh. his Apple. And I mean, he had a lot of it, right? But he sold it for a good amount, but nothing, nowhere where after the app, the iPod. He said he hasn't bought an Apple product yet because he's just so angry at himself still. And this is over 10 years ago. So he could have bought back in. Uh, but it, it it was such a... it was. I forgot the the specifics of it, but it was so crazy where it was like, damn, he made he just made a bad investment, like a bad mistake. Like he sold too early. And that's another thing I want to talk about is like dividends and stuff. People get like, oh, a hundred dollar space stock and they'll get ten dollar, twenty-five dollar dividend. So we're at one twenty five now. They're like, Oh, bet. Let me cash out. I made twenty five. <laughs> People don't like the long game when it comes to stocks. Man, bro. Uh, it's just that's what you call a diverse par- portfolio, but it's it's levels. You know, I'm still learning all of this stuff as I speak. But multiple sources of income, passive income, yeah, making yeah. money while you sleep. Yeah, it's all new. It's a shame that we're like late in our 20s, and it's like now it's like okay, we should be getting to these things. What? I can't I can't wait to tell my kid this at like an early age. But the I put them on is, game early. Like we're men, so like you know, men just mature later than women. Like a woman, like was getting this, you know, eighteen, nineteen, like not necessarily. And I'm not putting down women, but it's not even about gender when it comes to this maturity. Well, maturity, this? yeah, but when it comes to financial, oh no, no and being taught that, that's yeah. separate. Yeah, yeah I would separate. say maturity. Like, okay, this can this comes with a level of maturity. No, for sure, I'm because saying. you can have the knowledge, but you can't go with it. Like, yeah. Oh, hey, you person with $5,000, you should do this with your $5,000. Yeah. You can yeah. be like, yep, okay, yep, yep. and then go blow that shit on some dumb shit. Yep. And being this age, like, after you done blew some things a couple times, you know, you got the wisdom. And then that's when now you like, oh, okay, okay. And 
like you said, it, it may seem like a shame, but honestly, it, it's just pace. You know, like you was going too fast. You may not be the Flacco Friday we got today. Yeah. You know, I may not be the TBL I am today if I was overly anxious to try to go D1. This is true. You know, or something. I, I wouldn't have got the Jordan brand. No, I wouldn't have got that. Certain yeah. moves. And that's another thing. People, you know, are having uh, regrets. Yep. You know, you, you where you're at because of the decisions you made. Whether you like the decisions or not. Yeah. You, know, you made them. Yep. So now you know that. Mm-hmm. Make better decisions now. Some people will go through the bullshit and then go through it again. The definition of insanity. Doing the same thing and hoping for different results. Man. And that's one of the probably the most cancerous things in our society is people just not getting the message, getting the hint, and taking it like you know, try something else. Man, yeah, that was that was a beautiful quote right there. I like that one. Yeah, I learned that a long time ago. I think <laughs> I learned that from. But no, that's that's facts. That's that's definitely facts. Yeah. Insanity. Doing the same thing over and over again. a new result. a different result. Yep. Mm-hmm. I was a victim of that for a while, and that shit's no fun because you just feel crazy after a while. Man. It's, Insanity. I, mean, I said it uh, like a week ago to somebody. I was just like, you know, eventually you got to get sick and tired of being a passenger in your own life. Like you're literally a passenger in your own life. Like, mm-hmm. You're going with the flow so much and so easily. You're being, you're listening to what you're told so easily. And you're not thinking for yourself with logic, with ethics, with morals. Mm. It's like a lot of people don't have those and understand those, and then yeah, it's just easy to break down from there. <laughs> no, well, T Bell, this has been an enlightening conversation, my man. Man, thank you for having me. Of course, anytime. Uh, you have a safe flight to Chicago. I hope all the family's well. Um, hopefully next time I see you, we're both at a more elevated position than we are now. Yes, sir. Uh, multiple blessings, my man. Thanks for coming down to the studio and Bobby Verde. No problem. Uh, thanks for listening in, guys, wherever you're listening to. Captivate, iTunes, Spotify. This is Flaco Verde with Bobby Verde. Remember, the grass is only green on my side. Here. Vibes in his bitch. Reverted.